This is Eric. You are listening to Core on Code Zero Radio, WCZR. Core. 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 You're listening to Core, the show that spotlights talent from the Fox Cities. You can be a part of the show by calling 920-358-0795. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Hello, everybody. Apologize for the late start. We had a couple of technical updating issues. We've got a guest today named Tyler Streeter. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Tyler. We're going to deep dive into Tyler's music. If you've got a question for Tyler, you can message me or give us a call, 920-358-0795. We're going to start the show out with a song from Tyler and the Streeters. This is Real Slow. You're listening to Core on WCZR, Code Zero.
That was Tyler and the Streeters with Real Slow. If I had an edited version of that, it'd probably get more radio airplay. <laughs> kind of like the Kid Rock, like he just replaces swear words with <laughs> animal sounds. I didn't think of it. That's a copy I, I picked up at Walmart. I don't know which one you have. Yeah, if you have kids listening, I apologize. I, I forgot that song. It's got that, that uh, bomb there in the middle, but... How are you doing, Tyler? I am doing good. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Right, right off the bat, we'll talk about a show you have tomorrow. Yes. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, at 7 p.m., we are going to be playing at uh, Dr. Jekyll's in Appleton, Wisconsin, with the front man from the Slackers from New York, Vic huh, Ruggiero. Ruggiero, I actually, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I've never heard it. <laughs> and the shooters have played with the slackers before yes we played a sold out show in pennsylvania and it was our first time playing and obviously we brought everyone out there <laughs> no, it, it was it, it was a great time they have helped us tremendously just bringing us to new places that we otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity to so it's nice to return the favor any way that we can and so we bring him to Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> Vic is such a, a good songwriter on his own. The Slackers are really good, but Vic on his own, he's, he's such a good oh, storyteller. Yeah. yeah, he's the first song that I heard from him on his solo album. It was called Lonely Nights. And I mean, I play that on the regular. It's so catchy. And yeah, well, it it talks about like how how a couple, you know, gets together. And just, it goes together like mashed potatoes and gravy, which is kind of well, but kind of not. What can we expect to hear from the streeters tomorrow night? <laughs> what, what time does the show start? I got a new guitar, so, so I don't know. Tell us about this guitar. Um, it's a, a Kingston uh, 1960s surfy guitar. I don't know too much. I haven't plugged it in yet, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it works. Yeah. <laughs> well... It's not the worst that's happened to me on stage. So. I believe the streeters are supposed to start at 7? Yes. P.M.? Yep. <laughs> there's there's no no cover, and it's a Packer uh, bye week, so it's early, and you should go. If you're on the fence, I'd probably fall on the side of going. Yes. Yeah. And that show is free, you said, right? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, no reason not to go. Um, uh, uh, well, it's 21 and up, so if you're oh, under yeah, yeah. 21, you <laughs> that, That's a solid reason to. not to go. <laughs> Go check that show out. The shooters are coming out of a hiatus right now. Yep. And just in time to go back into another one. <laughs> have, have you been working on any any new material? Um, there, There's probably enough half-written songs for an EP. And the goal is to probably have it put out in spring and then hit it hard. Like the, the next uh, 10 years, it's going to be the swinging, roaring 20s again. Going to give it a go. You've put out the last album Streeters put out was a, a full-length album. Yep. Is the plan to do another full-length, or are we looking at an EP? Uh, I'm not sure yet. If enough flow together, then yeah, but otherwise it'll just be EPs. How do you approach songwriting? Do you approach it from, here's a riff, here's a bunch of lyrics? Uh, usually it's a melody, and then I put words to it. This last one was lyrics first which usually doesn't happen in my case but that was more personal so it was easier to write i'll say compared to the previous album 
from the last one. Your lyrics were definitely more personable. On Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda, there's a lot of songs that weren't as personal. I felt like it was really kind of opening up a journal. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda had a song about my grandpa. That was <laughs> bad taste, right? Yeah, that, that was that was about it for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was uh, strange going through a divorce. I mean, you kind of feel like you're Ross Geller after a while. The album turned out great, though. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned bad taste off shoulda coulda woulda. Let's let's play that. You don't have to get deep into that song, but you know it was. You said the personal song. Yep. On on that album, as far as playing it, it it's sort of a not to get too much into it. It's, it's got it comes from a dark place. Yeah. Like when you um, play that song, do you, does that kind of come back to you, or have have you been far enough removed from? He, the- yeah, yeah. He has been out of my life since I was. Uh, probably like six so i kind of kind of got over it pretty quick it was more of a jab at him and we played that song on uh, wapl and i know that occasionally he would play that station so (laughs) thought maybe you know he he could hear it but he was kind of kind of dumb so putting two and two together he might not catch that was it sort of therapeutic (laughs) to, to write that song uh, it was just kind of, yeah, uh, getting it off my chest and moving on. And that kind of tends to be a lot of my music. And it's good to do. Cheaper than therapy. <laughs> All right. We're going to play Bad Taste off the album Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda from Tyler and the Streeters. If you have a question for Tyler, give us a call, 920-358-0795. This is Bad Taste. You're listening to Core.
Welcome back. That was Tyler and the Streeters with Bad Taste. You're listening to CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio. My guest today is Tyler Streeter of Tyler and the Streeters. And my host today is the Andy McNamara. Hi, how it's are you? It's a pleasure doing? to be here. <laughs> Same. We're getting a phone call. You want to take a phone call? Sure. Hello? Hey, you're on CORE with Tyler Streeter. What's your question? I was just wondering, because I noticed you, uh, you have a great talent for talking about some serious topics, but a lot of times your music comes across in more of an upbeat way, and which is kind of nice instead of always having like super down mopey. music when you're feeling <laughs> yeah. sad. Yeah. But um, I guess I have two questions. Sure. Or it's leading into another question. I've also noticed when seeing you live, like you're just really upbeat and kids seem to really love dancing to your music. Have you ever thought about writing an album kind of geared towards kids and talking about emotions and things like that? Um, Actually, when I was in a band called the Orange Iguanas, we put out a split uh, cassette tape with a band from Minneapolis called Sleeping in the Aviary. Each group wrote two songs that were tried to write it where kids could get into it, but it wasn't too kid-like to where parents couldn't get into it. We did that and we put part of the proceeds towards a program up north that helps kids with autism try and get more acquainted with like animals like horses and all that kind of stuff all right was that do you have another question or was that the question thank you thank you for calling uh, i guess that was my question thank you thank you all right if you've got a question for tyler 920-358-0795 tyler i want to know how you got interested in music nirvana was that Nirvana was <laughs> yeah. the, the key? MTV, Smells Like Teen Spirit, he looked like, I don't know, Animal of <laughs> Muppets or something. I don't know. Yeah. And from there, you just decided to pick up a guitar? Um, Yes, and I, I couldn't press on the frets because the action was so high, and I was also really, really young. And then got into punk rock in my early teens. Got into Rancid after watching... Uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> well, yeah, just traveled, trucked along nicely. Do you have a soft spot for the old MTV when they played Oh, I music? love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. How many hours do you think you watched MTV? Uh, half my childhood, probably. <laughs> if I was inside, I was watching MTV. So when did you put together your first band? When I was, I think, 18, I formed a two-piece punk ska group called Shedding Winter Coat. And the drummer, Mike Schutte, he was an ex- or is a extremely talented guy. He, he pretty much carried the band. <laughs> he, he played drums while playing trumpet. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it sounds like a combo you don't normally see. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got to play with uh, Time Again. That was like our claim to fame in Chicago. And I jumped into the drum kit and the drum kit wasn't mine and I wanted broken stuff. <laughs> was that up in Monaco? You're from the Monaco area, right? Or Rhineland or Antigo, one of those? Um, Yeah, I, I grew up in Monaco most of my adolescent years. It's a great place to hang out for a couple of days, but terrible to grow up in. Like if you're an alternative kid and everything closes at four, so you run from like police and get lost in the woods 
that's that's just about it. <laughs> how was how was the music scene up there? So your first band when you're 18 is up there. Where do you play in the Manaqua area? Oh, we played like a soda shop arcade quite a bit. We actually had a skate park up there, and we would play to raise money for it all the time. It was a pretty wide range of like genres of music that played up there. Actually, there is a band right now that she kind of grew up there as well. Noel from a band called Rational Anthem. And they just got signed to Anti-Flags, his guy's label or something. And they just had their, their uh, uh, debut on there. That's pretty cool that, that people are getting out of town and making a name for themselves. When did Hunger Strike Riot start? That was was that right after that band? Yeah. I don't know the year. You guys did one album, right? Or was there more? Oh, I think two. Two albums of yeah. Hunger Strike. And then I kept like reusing them in other bands. <laughs> it's just a lot easier to reduce, reuse, recycle. So who was in Hunger Strike Riot? Uh that kind of bounced around a bit. It was solo for a while. I put out a heartbreak album. <laughs> Learn piano. And then my ex-wife was playing clarinet in it. And then we toured as like a duo for a while. Eventually picked up some more people to make it like a full group. And that's kind of how I went from folk punk to more like a doo-wop kind of thing. And then yeah, just kind of we, we broke up on tour and then formed Orange Iguanas. And then we broke up on tour. <laughs> well, touring touring can be pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, you're living in a van together. Is that how? Oh, a car. A car? Yeah. Uh, we've got a question, actually, right now. Uh, what's your most memorable show? Um, Off the top of my head, probably playing in Madison for the Orange Iguanas reunion. We. So it's the frequency. Yep. We got to play with Shannon and the Clams. Uh, that was pretty dope. Otherwise, memorable. So I dropped out of high school sophomore year, and maybe like a year or two after that, like the school would occasionally have concerts. A group was playing a Rancid cover and asked me to sing on it. And they played the song too early, which caused me to not... I totally missed my cue, and it was... It's, it's good as a musician to have your worst show early on, and that was horrid. Oh, major train wreck. What was the response like? Do you remember? Were you too... I left right away. <laughs> I might have left like while the song was still being played. I don't even know. Tried to block it out. <laughs> so the, the Orange Iguanas, they were an Appleton Fox City's bass band. Yep. And you guys put out quite a, quite a few releases, didn't Two you? Two full lengths. We did a postcard record. Um, you did the EP with the split. Yes. Sleeping yep. in the Aviary. Yep. Um, if, if anybody's interested in... In any of the Orange Iguana stuff, I believe it's all on Bandcamp. Yeah. I used to have orangeiguanas.com, uh, and I kept it for so long, but I really, I would much rather give it back to, like, Nickelodeon, so <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple can, you know, utilize it. Lots of great Orange Iguana video on YouTube as well. If you do a search for Orange Iguanas, there's video of you guys playing different states mm -hmm. and different venues. And it's a great video from a Chicago show at Chicago. Oh, yeah, that was great. Um, I played on that show three times total with uh, two with Orange Iguanas and one with Hunger Strike Riot. And it's so weird. It's like a, a kid's show on like Chicago public 
broadcast and it's just it's got like a rat puppet ratso and it's just kids uh dancing to, to, to punk rock <laughs> it's very strange super great to play you did um was it a halloween i know they encourage you to dress up right yep uh we just kind of wound up always showing up on their halloween shows i'll uh share that video later on code zero radio where tyler dresses up like peewee it's good you guys are lip syncing oh yeah and and they play it so quiet too so <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to makes it to more awkward it right doesn't it? yeah <laughs> it's probably purposeful yes, well uh we'll get that up later if you're interested in watching it we had another question said so with your interest in mtv growing up have you made any videos and if so where are those uh, haven't made any for Tyler and the Streeters besides the memory to match. I have ideas for them, but just to kind of piece them all together, I don't know, I usually scrap it, uh, before it kind of begins. The Orange Iguanas, how did you come up with the name Orange Iguanas? Uh, it was the greatest worst team on Legends of the Hidden Temple. The like, greatest they, worst they, team. <laughs> they were, they tried their best, but they were always... So bad. I think they maybe won on the show once. Gonna, Don't quote me on that, but Orange Iguanas played Mile Music one, right? First ever yep. Mile Music. Yep. How did that go? Um, it was pretty cool. We it seemed we were the only group that was kind of um high energy. I I, I don't want to put it like that per se, but like I don't know, like like punk, I guess. Right. Or punk attitude. And yeah, it was, we played The Bar and I think Mill Creek at the time. How were the, the crowds for Mile Music 1? Jam-packed. Like, people didn't really know what, to, like, to get into. Like, uh, just how it was going to pan out. Uh, they, but, they did it kind of weird the first year. Like, you could buy different packages, right? Like, you could buy one that included, like, one main venue show and then i think a couple so. of these yeah. by this one and uh didn't like Nora jones come i think she showed year. up at, yeah yeah that, that so was you, pretty cool. you've been involved in pretty much every mile of music right yeah, yeah th there was i think one maybe two years that i haven't and i was dressed up in a gorilla costume checking ids at frh can you tell me how the festival has changed from an artist standpoint it's um kind of just like how how places say we can't pay you like a million dollars, but the exposure is going to be great. People are always iffy on that. But Milan Music has always kind of been like they kept their word on that just because Appleton's a great and it gives ample opportunity for for people who aren't like super well known to get their name out and and people like pay attention. It's refreshing. We are going to play an Orange Iguana song. Which one? Saddle Up. Can you tell us about it? Uh, it was one of the two children's songs that we put out on that split tape. It's also on the full length. It was re-recorded. You've got a video for this song, don't you? Yes. You can find it on YouTube. You can. You can. It involves trains and cowboys. We we dressed up as like cowboys. We went to the mini golf place in town. I can't recall the name of it because it had like an old western kind of feel. We filmed a lot there, and they have this like stream kind of going through the place. 
and I pretended to wash my my head on it. And <laughs> I don't know what they had in that water, but it burned, burned real nice. Yeah, that's probably something you don't want <laughs> on your body. No, anywhere on your body. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned. I should ask you too. Who who are your bandmates in Orange Iguanas? Oh, are, are they still playing? Too many to list. <laughs> We have gone through so many over the years. It started as a two-piece with Colin Wilde. He is, he's got a project called Black Thumb, and he used to drum in the band at dusk. And yeah, he's kind of uh, gone off into his own genre of music, and it's pretty cool. Other than that, I'm um, there's... Uh, so I was trying to go chronological order, but I don't think that's going to pan out because we have way too many bass players that are coming off. <laughs> Chris Gold has played in the band. Austin, I actually hung out with him last night. We we tore up the town. <laughs> Sidetrack, um, do you remember in grade school those fortune teller like little pieces of paper that like all right pick a color and then pick yeah. a number and then here's your fortune. Yo, think- you got a crush on. Did you and Sam. Austin do that yesterday? We did. I got it right here. I screwed it up the first time, but I made my first one, and I was so excited. Made everyone play it. I don't think you want to read the answers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's supposed to tell what your favorite color is and like who you're going to marry or something. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I think we call those poppers. I don't, I think people probably call them different things in school. So which one did you get? Do you remember? I got high five Tyler. So oh. I high five myself. And That's cool. We all had a woo moment. <laughs> yeah. Orange Iguanas, we, there was Renee Millard. I have played music with her for an extremely long time. She's in, I, I believe she's, She's going like the solo route, but she's also involved with a ton of great projects and like Chaminade Women's Choir. I'm going to cut in quick too and say the Streeters played with that women's choir. Oh, yeah, which, yeah. Um, the, the choir On learned. On two occasions, yeah. Two occasions. The, the choir learned some of the, the backup vocals. Yep. And then that that was thing. so fun to do. And all of them are super great. Yeah, it, it was just strange. Like how. How growing up, like with uh, punk rock, you just kind of assume it's going to be fast, loud all the time, and that's it. And yeah, to, to branch off and do horns and strings and um, choirs and occasional hip hop. <laughs> yeah. You've got Riley. You had Riley in the Orange Corners, too. Riley Crow. I've pretty much played with all the Crow Bros and some of the most talented people I've ever seen. Jake, his brother, plays with us. But Riley has a band called uh, uh, Darn It. He's also in the band at Dusk. And Chris Gold, I said already. But I'll yeah. say it again. I'm pretty sure he's played multiple instruments in the band. So. Well, uh, we'll play a, a, a song from the Orange Iguanas. If you think of any more band members, we can talk about <laughs> it after this. I'll have to write them all down. <laughs> this is the Orange Iguanas with Saddle Up. You're listening to Core on Code Zero Radio. Ball, ball, ball. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
The Orange Iguanas with Saddle Up, and that version appeared on the split tape. Yes, it was. I haven't heard that in so long. You mentioned like the strings, the choir. One thing I love about what you do is that you aren't afraid to push the envelope, and you always think big, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, when shows are coming up, you think big. Last of ideas, which I think is needed. One of the things that you've done is a side project called vitamin t mm, gotta have it can you tell me about vitamin t uh it, well it's it's a joke project um only made one song only released one song i made a couple others but i scrapped them because they were wretched um but i woke up one morning and had i i laughed because i was wanting to come up with a song that counted but the counting was wrong and just uh set up probably wrote that in two minutes and i had this like cruddy toy drum machine that i used for it and the rest is history all right we're gonna play vitamin t numbers this is tyler's side project you're listening to core on code zero radio (laughs) these are their stories Starting at one and going up. That's two, two floors, five, five floors, six, six floors, seven floors, eight floors. Oh, 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 wait a second, John. I, I wanted to get off on the seventh ten, floor. That's wait, ten floors. I love it. I wanted to get off on the seventh floor. And numbers to be counting all the time Too many freaking digits that are always on my mind Like 1, 2, 3, 4 7, 8, 9, 10 5, 6, 7, 8 7, 8, 9, 10 11, 12, 102 7, 8, 9, 10 Numbers gonna get ya The kids would go and play on the slide I'd count all clippings and numbers and I'd go run and hide One day the teacher yelled, what you copping on the walls? I said, Roman numerals, bitch Like 1, 2, 3, 4 7, 8, 9, 10 5, 6, 7, 8 7, 8, 9, 10 11, 12, 102 7, 8, 9, 10 Numbers gonna get ya
video for that song you can find. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's fun. No, did you ever, I, I know you talked about it. Did you ever. The best editor in the world, too, you, by the way. <laughs> did you ever perform the Vitamin T song live? Because there was talk. Have about tried. You. Have tried. Oh, so much hype, but so major letdown. <laughs> the reason why is because I don't have the instrumental version because that's on or was on my ex-wife's computer, and that's probably long gone. So we tried to splice it. Yeah, just couldn't couldn't get it quite right yet. But I want to. It's fun. Do you have any plans to release any more Vitamin T songs in it, the future? It just kind of comes, I don't know, it hasn't yet. How time-consuming is it to do it? You, you said a joke band. How time-consuming is a joke band? It's really hard to write stupid songs. So we're, we're talking I was trying like- to do a, a, a boy band called the Heartbreak Heroes. I'm like, oh, I could crank that out in like a week. I like that name. It's already taken. Oh. But yeah, you know, whatever. Cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> well, could you be Heartbreak Hero? That's ah, just not the same. <laughs> oh, Heroes could be H-E-R-O-S. There you go. Heroes. <laughs> you put dots in between every letter of the word. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh. So hard to write for it because you're trying to trying to get all the like in sync type chimes and just the uh, beats you want them to be kind of catchy too or not I don't know maybe just might stoop to that level. Let's go back to Tyler and the Streeters. Sure. Now <laughs> again, Tyler and the Streeters have a show t- tomorrow night at Doctor Jekyll's in Appleton. The show yes. starts at seven. Yes. I'll point out that this is being recorded live on the 16th so if you're listening to the podcast version of this the show is on november 17th if you could tell me about where you recorded the the two tyler and the streeter albums and how was the recording process different or the same for each album um the place that i recorded those two and then the two orange iguanas full lengths was at science of sound in madison uh a guy named ricky he has that place out of his house but it's it's just so comfortable to be there, and he's a great guy. He he knows the kind of sound that I'm usually trying to get. Yeah, we, we've tried recording at other places, but it doesn't <laughs> really work out. <laughs> but we don't have to get into that, um, or we can. Who? Okay, so so if you're if you're going to record a duop type song, there's usually duop uh, backing vocals. And then when you get the mix, I got it mastered for vinyl and I, I heard the mastered version and there were no backing vocals on it. I'm like, all right. Well, the person said, Oh, I'll take care of it and gives, uh, gives it to the person who's going to master and it was all wrong. And then everyone looks like a tool. That doesn't happen at Science of Sound. Fun fact. The guy that runs Science of Sound is in a couple bands, uh, Transformer Lootbag, and... Uh, his and her vanities. Yeah. yeah. The second Tyler Shooter album you recorded on your birthday. Yes. It just kind of happens. That wasn't intentional? No. So now you have a forever memory of your birthday. <laughs> it was a, a lot better than it could have been, I'm sure. But I believe the... The latest album you recorded at Science of Sound, mm-hmm. and then you did some post work at the Refuge. Yes, uh, Riley helped out uh, 
Julia from uh, Dusk and Holy Sheboygan, she laid down some violin parts and kind of brought it all full circle, polished it up quite nicely. I'm going to play a song off that, that album. This is called Paint the Walls. It's, I don't know, I like this song. I, I don't know how what inspired you to, well, I do, but. <laughs> um, it, it was a very dark time in my life. Super, super dark. The song on the album, Blue, and the song Paint the Walls on the album were actually uh, um, part of a suicide note. Um, luckily, I took the other approach in turning it into music. Um, but yeah, I don't think playing those live, it's, it's a, hits a little too close to home. I mean, maybe if I can kind of get out of that like mentality of where I was when I wrote it kind of thing. This is Paint the Walls from Tyler and the Streeters off the latest album. You're listening to Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Tyler and the Streeters with Paint the Walls. You're listening to Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. My guest is Tyler Streeter. You still have a little bit of time to get a question in if you have one. You can call 920-358-0795. 
Tyler's playing with his poppery made last night with Austin. <laughs> if you want to call in, we can do a live fortune tell with this thing. <laughs> Tyler, what the, what indie bands inspired you growing up and, and now? You mentioned Nirvana is the, the catalyst that got you started in the music. But what what kind of, I don't want to say local bands, but independent bands that um, inspired you along your, your journey? You know what, what really got me into just like where I am today with like modern groups was the Give Them the Boot compilations that Hellcat Records put out. So many labels used to put out compilations and it was amazing. I think they put out like five of them and I listened to the first four religiously and they're kind of all over the place just with like ska to like uh, punk hardcore that kind of thing that's how i heard of the slackers too it's so it 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 was important to me at the time because all of those people on that particular label that i met were all super down to earth and like there was no ego about them at all they were super approachable to talk to and as like a teenager like that's really important and that's what i strive to be too. I mean, I'm socially awkward as hell, but you try and get past that to, to talk to people. And kind of on that, you're very approachable in your music. And we had a question from Kelly in Fond du Lac, and she wanted to know, she said that she's been at some streeter shows where you've given away guitars, mm-hmm. and she wants to know why you do that and if you still do that. And she wanted to know when the last time you gave away a guitar was. Um, I don't remember... The last time I gave one away, I try and do it at all ages shows. So it was probably the Alley Project during Mile of Music, I think. Unless we... I think you had a pink a pink guitar, right? During uh, that Alley show? I don't remember. I, I have them <laughs> for like a day. <laughs> which those guitars are somehow way better than mine. <laughs> um, but it, it was the same, same kind of concept of when I was young and... and all these people were were like influencing me like i don't know just to have the opportunity that you might not have to get i don't know like a free guitar or any of that stuff try and get them young and then they can morph musically if they choose to into any kind of route but you always have to start from somewhere i guess does that mentality come from like you said when growing up and approaching other musicians that were were kind to you I would say so, yeah. You've, you've forged a lot of friendships along the way. Uh, Parasite Diet mm-hmm. in Kentucky. And I know it's just a, a long list of bands that, that you've befriended on the road yeah. and doing shows with. Would you consider music to be uh, something that gave you a lot of your current friend base? I would have to agree. Um, because I'm socially awkward otherwise. <laughs> so... If I walk into a place, I'll be damned if I strike a conversation with a stranger. <laughs> it's just how I've always been. I mean, I grew up with a, an impediment. So, like, talking to people, I wasn't really too fond of um, just because I'm, I would get squirrely or, like, I don't want to seem, I don't know, like even more awkward than I already am. After a while, you get over it and you just kind of kind of go. Do you feel differently when you're performing or is that awkwardness and nervousness still there? It's it's not. Um I, I might get 
a little bit of pre-show jitters, but for the most part, that's that's all gone. And play a show, easy, but read a book out loud to someone, forget <laughs> about it. I remember you did a a, a couple shows that thought were interesting. You did a bunch of '90s shows mm-hmm. at Fox River House, and I thought those were were great because you would go as far as to get a lot of '90s things to to display. Love it. We can kind of tie that into the conversation. You have a booth at an antique mall. I have two booths. Two booths. At two different antique malls. Our first one that we got in July is is at Antiques or Antique Up in Kimberly, Wisconsin. And we also just got one at Memories Antique Mall in Little Shoot. And over there is where I tend to keep the really cool old like 90s stuff, which is not that old, but... How do you go about stocking the booths? Are you just constantly on the prowl? Oh, yeah. It's a hustle. <laughs> and having... If you're selling, I'm a buying. How, how are the booths doing? Pretty good. Um, you'll You'll have your slow months. It's just a lot of trial and error because you can't always have all the items that you want. You obviously need to cater to other people's interests. So trying to navigate that can be hard at times. Is it hard not to, when you're looking for stuff, is it hard not to buy a bunch of stuff just for you to keep? Like, are you spending the profits on it's, buying more stuff really, for you? <laughs> it's really nice having them because I can I can have that, yay, and then purchase them. And after a couple of days, I don't care as much. So I just put it in the booth so other people can have that feeling too. Are you meeting a lot of people in the antique business having your booth? Do you see a lot of other people with booths? Like, well, how, how's the booth life? You interact a little bit. But like I brought up before, I'm not going to go out of my way to talk to strangers. <laughs> no, like um, all, all the people who I've met so far have been great. Get to chatting about antique life. I was going to say, have you ever thought about doing an acoustic show at your booth, one of the booths? Um, I don't know if you can. I know you can have events occasionally. Like I met Eddie Munster That's on my cool. lunch break. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to check in on that. We we had Chris Gold on last weekend. He was promoting the ninth annual toy drive. Mm-hmm. He mentioned a year or two ago it was Bob Dylan. You performed at one of those. <laughs> if you want to call it that, yeah. What um, do you mean by that? Well, I <laughs> I was going to play a song, and I got so much anxiety from, because you're trying to play his music and you, you want to give it justice but just got nerves and then uh I, I i knew that my my brain and my hand weren't gonna mix so to make it worse i just acapella the song that seems even more like difficult <laughs> more mentally less i have to worry about though <laughs> except i forgot the lyrics towards the end what, um, what was the response did because i'm there sure was people enjoyed it you know, Andy, I just left right after. It was flashbacks. You blacked out, blacked out everything before you left. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. It, 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 it's a great cause, and I, I was happy to be a part of it. Uh, I played like the second year she put that on at Cold Shot, too. It, it's remarkable how how people can come together for, for great causes and a blink of an eye for that kind of thing. John, for the Maritime, I think the first time I saw... The Streeter's play was at John, John's Benefit Maritime Tavern, and that was another benefit. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, 
his uh, birthday weekend. Just a, a group kind of got together and and put on a great show to uh, send like like John off in a, a, a great a great mood for such horrible predicament that he had to go through for that. What's your what's your favorite place to play in Appleton? Andy's basement. <laughs> Besides my basement. Taylor's basement. <laughs> it used to be Fox River House because I could do theme shows and just go crazy with oh, it. We can even talk about the zip line you did at Fox River oh, House. No other place would allow me to do a zip line, but Tyler actually uh, strung up a zip line. Yeah. I wasn't there for it. I just heard the legend. <laughs> it's probably better that way. And you <laughs> came down from a second floor balcony, right? And onto the stage? Um, I don't know if I climbed a tree or climbed a ladder, but yeah, it was had to tie that <laughs> zip line to that tree branch really high up in yeah. order to clear everyone's heads. They had to be digging for their insurance paperwork before that <laughs> happened. I think the only rule was I had to take it down right away so no one else would go on it yeah that was great but the problem is it's you play outside and like the last time like a couple times we played has been like tornadoes but we'd still try and carry on and then everything would just fly everywhere i think the last time uh, it was like right at the end right a big like yeah the wind just came oh, it was like a wall and then the rain came pounding down and Sheet music's flying all over the place. Well, the previous like '90s show over there too. A Pudge was playing and and just went whoosh, moved it inside. Yeah, and you had stuff set up then at that, and you had to move that all. And, yep. it, yeah, it it just kind of gets too too crammed at times if you move it into a place that's that's like super tiny. So your next project, you mentioned you had a handful of songs ready for an EP or. Yes. Enough for an EP. Yep. What is the mood of those those songs? Is, are we going to hear more? They aren't complete yet, so I'm not sure. But generally... Um, are they in the, the direction more, of like a upbeat? Yeah. Or, yep. Okay, great. More mid kind of danceable uh, pace, tempo. Looking really forward to hearing the new stuff. Me too. Not to pressure you or anything. <laughs> we're, you know, we're winding down towards the end of this interview i want to again thank you for for joining us and i wanted to ask you you've been involved in the scene for quite a while your opinion your take how has the scene in the fox valley changed from when you started here to now there's a lot less houses to play at which is kind of a drag because that's where we got our start in appleton we played at the bfg or i played there as hunger strike riot for the most part though like it's it's improving it's just trying to find like say more all ages place to, places to play but that's about it so you think we need an all age venue a good one one that also serves alcohol <laughs> <laughs> and hence the problem lies oh. <laughs> uh, you know we, we talked about it in the past an all age venue would be great. There are coffee houses, but you can't do the type of shows that. Yeah. We, we need like a glorified basement. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, maybe down the road. I know there's, there's people talking about it and hopefully something will pop up. I hope it goes well. Um, I, if, if I had a, uh, my own house, I'd probably open up the Patty Mayonnaise again. <laughs> which, uh, which artists do you like that would surprise people? Mainstream artists. I know you like mm. Dwight Yoakam. Oh, love Dwight Yoakam. You, you almost want to hold him and be like, who hurt you? 
Because his heartbreak songs, which are all of them, you met him. Did you are give so him a, good. Did you give him a cuddly hug? Um, I shook his hand and he asked me my name and I said Tyler and he called me Travis. <laughs> and I'm not going to correct the tight jean king. I got nothing off the top of my head. I think you, you're not serious, but you like singing Santana smooth, Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of guilty pleasures, but yeah, like Seal Kiss from a Rose. Oh yeah, there's one. Chris Isaac Wicked Game. Uh, it's, it's all good stuff. At your funeral, what song would you want played loudly for everybody to listen to? Ooh, um, Frank Sinatra, That's Life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to awkwardly stare at you as we sit here in silence. <laughs> we can do that, too. Oh, we could also play this fortune-telling game, too. Yeah, we'll do that right after the show's over. We'll see what we can find on we'll there. We'll pick a color. <laughs> uh, purple. Purple. P. P. Uh, <laughs> pick a number. Six. <laughs> All right, pick another number. Six. All right, let's see what you got. <laughs> you get Ted and guns. Interesting. Inside joke. Um, Austin's <laughs> roommate. His name's Ted, and he's uh, he's really into guns a lot, and he's an interesting guy. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> Austin was close to me, so if there's an apocalypse, I'll run over there. Yeah, I don't think you want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, before we end the show, let's talk again about the show tomorrow night. Uh, Dr. Jekyll's, 7 p.m. Tyler and the Streeters, last show of the year. And Vic from the Slackers is going to be headlining. It's going to be an early show. There's no cover. And 21 up. And y'all should come and have a good time because it's going to be a blast. You really don't want to miss it. And I give Tyler credit for getting Vic into the Fox Cities. Uh, such a great songwriter. And he's got the history to, you know, to back back up his legend. You're talking he's been playing since the early 90s, the Slackers, right? The uh, banter he has in between shows is, is just... Such a nice guy. If I could just record... All of what he says, and then just play it in between our songs. He's done a lot. It'd of, be so much He's done better. writing with Rancid. Yeah, yeah, he and I think the Transplants too. Like all all kinds of interesting projects. I look forward to the show tomorrow. And again, Tyler, thank you for joining me on Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Thank you for having. Me. Hope you come back again sometime soon. And we look forward to hearing your next project. Thank you. We're done the show with Tyler and the Streeters. This is off Show to Kudawuda. The song is called Flame. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to CORE.